Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast. I'm back in the basement on a holiday Monday here in Canada to talk about some more wrestling, specifically the Impact Wrestling Knockouts Knockdown pay-per-view show that I checked out on Saturday night and then had a busy day yesterday with uh, some Thanksgiving festivities down the street with some neighbors. So I didn't get around to talking about it yesterday, but thought I could spend a bit of my holiday Monday down here in the basement discussing a pay-per-view that overall, I am not going to lie, I enjoyed the show. It had some issues early on, and then I thought things absolutely picked up, and by the end it was something that I was uh, happy to have watched and glad I watched it. So if you are a new listener, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. This is my son and I generally do a podcast on Saturdays talking about NXT and all Elite Wrestling Dynamite and Impact Wrestling, their weekly show along with some trivia and other little things along the way, news and rumors and stuff. So welcome if you're just checking us out. Episode 64 of the main show just went up a couple days ago, so if you enjoy what you hear here, you could listen to myself and my 14-year-old son who is wrestling obsessed and very knowledgeable about the topic discuss the week that was in wrestling. But as for tonight, well, I guess it's not tonight. It's this morning, actually. It's before lunch. Sorry, I just haven't had my second coffee yet, so I'm a little bit confused still after a late night last night with some neighbors down the street. So you may see, hear me pausing for the odd sip of coffee during this podcast this morning. I apologize, but that second dose of caffeine is just needed at this point so that I can hopefully communicate clearly to you what was a pretty fun show on Saturday night. So I guess without further ado, we should get into talking about Impact Wrestling's Knockout Knockdown pay-per-view. So this show itself contains a tournament, a complete tournament is within the context of this show or the confines of this show, I guess. Along with a couple other matches, there is a Monsters Ball match and the main event of a tag team, Knockouts Tag Team Championship match. But the first match we do get on this show is a round one match in the tournament featuring Lady Frost taking on Rachel Ellering. So Rachel Ellering is an Impact regular. She's signed. She's part of a tag team right now with Jordan Grace. And Lady Frost, I have seen on the Indies. She's been in NWA, a few other places. Um, we find out in this, and it makes sense. They tell us that she has a gymnast background, which if you've seen any Lady Frost, that becomes clear. She does a lot of handsprings, some tumbling, some aerial stuff. So I've found her uh, pretty fun to watch in what I've seen before this. But let's see how she does in this. So one thing I do like about this show is that everything from announcers to referees to everything is all women. So we get... Veda Scott and Mickey James are on commentary, and Melissa Santos is the ring announcer of uh, Lucha Underground fame and married to um, Brian Cage of All Elite Wrestling. And we get a rotation of women referees, women referees as well, which I think is a really cool idea to just truly make this show top to bottom all women. Um, so I thought, and not only that, after now having finished the show, obviously, I think Veda Scott and Mickey James uh, did an excellent job on commentary. Like, I prefer them to what I hear when I do try and check out main roster WWE. And not that those aren't talented commentators, because they are, but they're not sort of... Free. I don't think they have a lot of freedom, right? They're, they've got someone in their ear pretty much telling them what po talking points to hit on, what promotions to sort of talk about, and that sort of thing. Whereas this was a little more free-flowing, and I thought Veda Scott did a really good job, and Mickey was good sort of doing color as well. So just a nice little wrinkle in this show that it is all women doing everything, which I thought was a pretty cool idea. And now that 
I've seen the whole um, product. It was executed really well, I think, too. So like I said, the, the commentary let us know that Lady Frost is in fact a former gymnast. And again, that makes sense when, when you see her wrestle. So at, at one point, she combines a, combines a cartwheel drop kick and a standing mood salt, then sort of a, a brief tumbling routine into a cannonball and also hits a top rope blockbuster along the way. Ellering, it's more strikes. Uh, she does hit a nice spine buster. Sp spine buster? Nope, spine buster. And then eventually she hits what they're calling the boss woman slam. An homage to Big Boss Man, I guess. And she picks up the win here in this first round match against Lady Frost. Um, so the match got a decent chunk of time. And it was it was a okay match. I'm not going to go too far here. Ellering dominated for stretches with some pretty basic offense. And then it was Lady Frost kind of getting in some more high-paced flurries and um, her acrobatics sort of along the way. So I've seen a bunch of Lady Frost lately, to be honest. And I've seen her look better than this. But I don't think it was a bad opener and it seemed to get the live audience involved. So there seemed to be a little bit of a theme here as I start talking about these first round matches. To be honest, none of them were really great. Um, but I found things picked up a great deal after that. So then we get some promos from Renee Michelle and Chelsea Green. They're sort of talking about how each will beat the other sort of thing and go on to win the tournament. So just kind of generic promos in between here. Nothing that I'm going to recap very thoroughly. Um... So if anyone that I thought did a really excellent job, I might mention it. But other than that, it'll be pretty brief recaps of the promos in between. And then we do move into that match, which is Renee Michelle versus Chelsea Green. So Renee Michelle, I believe, is Drake Maverick's wife, right? I've seen her wrestle a few different places. Chelsea Green's kind of all over right now. She's at Impact Wrestling. She's been in ROH. So I've seen a lot of her lately as well. Um, I've been impressed with her in a match against Rohit Raju on Impact. She looked really good. So I've been kind of hit and miss with Chelsea Green. I've seen some matches where I'm really impressed, and then I see some other ones where uh, it's just kind of standard to me. So I was interested to see this. I haven't seen a ton of Renee Michelle. What I have seen, I mean, she looks pretty inexperienced to me, which is fine. I mean, that happens to everybody. But anyways, so Michelle in this match is playing the heel, and she's even doing the, like, don't mess up my beautiful face kind of thing at one point. There's lots of basic holds and counters early on in this. Even Mickey James comments about how um, Chelsea Green is going back to basics, right? Because there wasn't a lot of innovative stuff happening here for a good chunk of this. So Green's in control until she ends up posting herself as Michelle kind of works out, moves out of the way on a, a shoulder spear or a shoulder tackle, I guess, in the corner. And then Michelle starts to target Green's injured arm, which is still in a cast from breaking it when she was still employed with WWE, I believe. So Michelle works that for a long stretch, then hits a uh, takes a pump kick from uh, Chelsea Green to sort of shift the momentum. We get a clothesline and a series of kicks by Green for a near fall, then some kicks by Michelle, but a headbutt and the unprettier by Chelsea Green for the win in this match. So I still feel about the same about Renee Michelle. She, she did generate some decent heel heat. Maybe her character work is her strength right now. But in the ring, she still seems to be fairly limited. But again, she was believable as a heel and did a good job of targeting Green's casted arm, I guess, which is a logical tactic for a heel to take. So I thought this was just a very straightforward match. Nothing special, I wouldn't say. Um, and I've seen Chelsea Green look really good in the past, but I don't think she got to do very much here. Again, these opening round matches were... I was a little bit nervous after watching these open round matches because nothing really impressed me. And then this show, I thought, really kicked into gear. So we get Mercedes Martinez in a little promo. So she's ready for whoever she may face in this tournament, and she will go on to win, and everyone's going to end up remembering her. 
And this is sort of mixed in among her promo with like creepy flashes quickly of, I guess, what is the possessed or zombie Brandy Lauren now, who is, or they say Brandy Loren, I have to get used to. She's part of like Sue Young's little group. So she's kind of undead or whatever the, whatever the story is there. So we do get that match next, and it's Mercedes Martinez versus Brandy Loren. Not much to say about this. Mercedes starts out really fast, controls things early. Then there's a brief flurry by Loren before Martinez basically hits her OG drop for what was basically a squash win. It made Martinez look pretty strong, so there's really not much I can say about it. It was essentially a first-round squash in this tournament, and I don't have a problem with that. That would happen in a legitimate tournament, right? If you were doing an actual some sort of fighting tournament like back in the day when I used to watch MMA before it was really, really popular and there were no weight classes and it was a tournament, you would have a match that might go on forever. You might also have a match that will be like a flash knockout. So I don't really have a problem with them working in a squash match here in the first round of this tournament. There's just really not much I can say about it, to be honest. So next we get a promos here from uh, Jamie Senegal and Tasha Steeles. They sort of have a back and forth promo ahead of their first round match. So we learn here that Senegal is the daughter of the recently deceased Daphne. So Daphne was a, a large part of this show too. A lot of attention paid to her. A lot of people discussing how influential she was and how much she'll be missed. So I thought that was a cool little touch uh, to be a thread that was sort of woven through this show as well that I kind of liked. And I did not know that Senegal was um, Daphne's daughter. And I don't think I've ever seen Senegal wrestle. So I was interested to see this. So it is Tasha Steeles and Jamie Senegal in their first round match so honestly not a ton of action that was worth note in the first part of this match we did get a little bit later a cool sort of rebound german suplex by senegal for a near fall i thought looked nice then a triangle i called it a triangle bulldog she kind of bounces from rope to rope by tasha steels for a two count and then we get a nice cutter by steels for two and steels ends up picking the picking up the win here in this first round match with the crucifix bomb for the three count and so at this point, you know, I've been a little bit critical of Tasha Steele's in-ring work. I think character work and on the microphone, she's really, really good. And it's just kind of in-ring that she further needs to develop. After seeing Senegal, I would say the same kind of thing. I wasn't super impressed with Senegal, but um, the match was slow. Then it picked up. It was primarily basic stuff until the final few minutes of this, which were much better. The action did pick up near the end for both both here. Um so Steele's, I think her heel work throughout this match was probably the highlight, along with the final few minutes where each of them hit some pretty cool looking stuff. But otherwise, I thought it was a pretty unimpressive first round match. But I must say, I mean, the crowd was pretty into it by the end. So I don't, again, I don't think any of the first round matches were very strong. But to be fair, each winner, right, is at least wrestling another match. So they need to be pacing themselves. So I understand that in a first round match, they just can't go all out and put on an absolute classic because the winning woman still needs to compete in at least one more match. So it might be just a case of their sort of saving things for later. Um, so then we get Gia Miller is backstage somewhere talking to Gail Kim about the action so far in the tournament. Gail is excited and impressed and she rhymes off names of several women that are kind of on the show. Gia then asks Gail to pick the winner of the tournament and she Gail basically gives us a bunch of cliches and does not really answer the question. So now we move away from the tournament briefly, maybe to let all the winners of the first round catch their breath and recover before their second round match. And we get a match which is the knockouts, the Impact Knockouts champion, Diana Perrazzo, taking on um, sort of a newcomer here in Masha Slamovich. So I have seen Slamovich only once. 
when I watched NWA Empower show, she was in, I think it was the gauntlet match. I thought she looked really impressive. She looks like, if anyone's watched Glow, she looks like the Russian character from Glow, basically. I think she looks really cool. So this match was set up because Deanna is about to face Mickey James at Bound for Glory in Impact Wrestling's main show of the year. So leading up to that, they are now on a, um, they cannot contact each other if Deanna touches uh, Mickey she loses the title and if Mickey touches Deanna then Mickey loses her title shot and they were also allowed to choose an opponent for each other ahead of their Bound for Glory meeting so Masha Slamovich is who Mickey James chose to face Deanna Perazzo. so I was very interested in this Deanna Perazzo is fantastic she is a technician she can pretty much make anyone look good and I've already seen Slamovich look good so I was anticipating this match hoping that it would be pretty good so we get holds and counters to start, uh, leading sort of to a stalemate. And then Masha wants a test of strength. So we get a lengthy knuckle lock coming out of that. And then a series of suplexes by Slamovich. And Deanna has to escape to the floor. Um, because uh, Slamovich is this really interesting combination of power and speed, I would say. But anyways, we'll get to that. So Deanna needs to beg off early on just because uh, Slamovich is sort of dominant. We get a somersault off the second rope to take out Matthew Raywalt, who has accompanied Deanna down to the ring for this match. But Deanna uses that capital uh, sort of distraction to capitalize and sort of takes Masha out on the floor. So then Deanna starts to do what she always does, which is work her opponent's left arm because she has a series of submissions and her finishing Venus de Milo focuses on both arms. So she starts working the left arm of Masha here. We get a backbreaker flatliner right into a Koji clutch by Deanna. I believe it was the Koji clutch. And Masha has to get to the ropes, which is a cool combination from Deanna. We get a, sprint, a spinning back kick um, by Slamovich to stop Perazzo's momentum here. Then a nice high corner knee and a running boot by Slamovich. A knee lift, a Russian leg sweep right into an armbar, but Masha escapes, hits uh, some sort of crazy jumping driver, I don't quite know what it was, for a two count. Deanna then counters out of a pile driver straight into an arm breaker, but Slamovich gets to the ropes again. Perazzo ends up ducking a buzzsaw kick, locks in the Venus de Milo, and Masha Slamovich has no choice but to tap to this painful looking submission hold, and Deanna Perazzo wins this match. So... Up until this point, easily my favorite match on this show. I think Deanna's relentless limb attacks are always cool. She really is a technician. It doesn't bother me that that is one of her regular things is to attack someone's arm because she has a bunch of different realistic ways to do it. Uh, it looks believable every time. I think Slamovich is a very, very cool wrestler. Great combination, as I said, of speed and power with a really cool look as well. I thought she looked really good in this match. I thought this was a really strong match, and I think Slamovich has a really bright future. I know she's been offered a contract with Impact. I have not heard whether she's accepting that contract, but I really hope she does because as somebody that watches and sort of reviews Impact Wrestling each week, the Knockouts division when I started I thought was really strong and had a lot of talent. Now I'm finding it a little bit thin. I don't see a lot of realistic challengers for um, Deanna Perazzo, although I do think one was maybe built during this tournament. We'll get to that at some point. But I think Slamovich would be an awesome addition. I think she was uh, really good here. And I think this was a really good match. Several steps up from any of the opening round matches of the tournament. So this, for me, was the match where this show started to turn. Um, so I really enjoyed this match. And I think Slamovich is cool and has a pretty bright future. And Perazzo is just a technician. She's fantastic. 
So the next match we get, we move right into a couple more really experienced women facing off here in the second round of the tournament. So that's Mercedes Martinez coming off her squash in the first round, taking on Rachel Ellering. So Ellering right away grounds Martinez, but Martinez can manages to escape. So they trade some offense to no advantage early on, and then they basically avoid each other's offense, just showing that they're kind of really evenly matched here and both have a ton of experience wrestling. So we get a slap bar by Martinez, and then she hits two butterfly suplexes and a high knee. We get an apron battle at one point leading to Martinez hitting a spear on the apron. Martinez then runs Ellering into the barricade and chokes her with her boot on the outside. We get knee strikes and a DDT by Martinez for two back in the ring now. A pump kick by Ellering stops Martinez finally as she was dominant for a stretch there. We get a code breaker by Martinez and a twisting neck breaker for a two count. Martinez then misses a boot and Ellering sort of takes over with strikes, an STO and a springboard leg drop. We get a nice spine buster by Martinez for a two count a bit later. We get a discus elbow and a leg trap twisting suplex, then a spine buster by Ellering for two, which was a nice little series of moves as well. And then we get the boss woman slam that won Ellering her first round match, but Martinez manages to roll out of the ring. Then Martinez hits her finishing move, but adds a guillotine to it. And eventually Rachel Ellering has to tap out. Uh, Martinez celebrates. And then actually the two these two women hug in the middle of the ring. And I think that's warranted because I thought this match was pretty fantastic. And I just hit you with the highlights. There was much more going on than sort of the highlights I pulled out of it. So again, I think this was the story of two evenly matched experienced competitors. Martinez sort of needed some heel tactics to take control early. She needed a slap and some other things um, running her into the barricade and things. So I like that the heel work here by Martinez, which did make the hug at the end feel a little bit strange. But I, I understand what was going on there. This I thought... This match kind of warranted them acknowledging it at the end. Ellering was the babyface trying to overcome the onslaught from Martinez. I thought Martinez looked great delivering all kinds of pretty cool looking moves to Ellering, who played her role really well too. I think these two worked really hard and really well together. And I honestly thought this was a pretty great match. This was a lot of near falls, a lot of big moves, a lot of nice combinations. So I think this was kind of the exact opposite of some of the slow, not very exciting first round matches. Uh, this match was a lot of fun. Both of these women looked fantastic. This might even at the end of the night be my match of the night. I really, really enjoyed this match. And I was really happy that they are making Mercedes Martinez look so strong here, at least in these first couple rounds, because uh, she's someone I think when she was in NXT most recently, they didn't do quite as much as they could have with her. And again, WWE tends to have an issue with someone, especially women, it seems, um, being quite experienced and not being super young. So I believe that might have been what held Martinez back there. But she looks terrific here, and I'm really glad she's getting a chance to sort of showcase everything she can do because she looked pretty great in this match. Rachel Ellering, too, uh, I thought a terrific match. So the two of them just sort of embracing at the end. It was one of those they just delivered a really great match, I think, and they knew it. So they sort of acknowledged it in the ring for the fans, which I have no problem with. Sorry, that's the coffee sip coming in there. So Gia then talks to Chelsea Green about facing Tasha Steeles in the semis. Chelsea quickly puts over Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez as well, and then herself. But she does uh, finish by telling us she's not overlooking Tasha Steeles. Green says her performance is like her hair, and it never falls flat. So we then do get Tasha Steeles versus Chelsea Green. So we get holds and counters to start as the two are sort of going back and forth. We then get them exchanging some near pinfalls back and forth on 
excuse me, on the map for quite a long time. It's just one of those rolling into a pin attempt, rolling into a pin attempt back and forth. We then, Tasha then fakes a handshake and kicks Green in the stomach to sort of finally take control briefly here. Arm drags and a hesitation drop kick by Chelsea Green later. Tasha has to escape to the floor. We get a suicide dive by Green onto Steels on the ramp. A second dive attempt is met with a Tasha Steels forearm though to sort of shift momentum again. We get a jumping knee, corner strikes, and a running PK by Tasha Steels for a two count. Then there's a simultaneous headbutt and both women are down briefly here. We get a jumping clothesline and a neck breaker onto the knee by Chelsea Green. Man, I have to... If you listen to this show, you know I have a problem, and I don't. I think I've resolved it so far this episode, but I may refer to Chelsea Green as Rachel Green, and I don't know why the character name from Friends sneaks in every now and then. So if I do say it, I apologize. I don't think I have so far, but there's probably one coming at some point. We get a cutter on the apron by Steels. Both women are down on the floor. A missile dropkick by Green, sorry, a bit later. Crucifix bomb by Steels. So again, that was the move that won her the first round match and it does not here as green kicks out so then we get an unprettier by green and now both of them have hit the move that ended their round one matches but neither of them worked here i was actually pretty surprised this was a believable near fall i did not think they were going to have somebody kick out of the unprettier but they did and tasha steels does here so we get a boot by steels she goes up top avoids an avalanche unprettier and hits a frog splash for the win here so i was a little bit surprised that tasha steels picked up the win i thought you know it seemed like chelsea green was positioned to win this and and head on to take on um mercedes martinez or whatever but i thought this was about as good as i've seen tasha steels look some of the credit may go to chelsea green here she may uh have helped pull a really good match out of tasha steels but it started out fairly basic stuff and then built into a really entertaining back and forth match so each Woman here hit a lot of cool offense. And again, I was surprised by the outcome with Steels picking up the win. But I thought this match was really good. And I was especially impressed by Tasha Steels. She was the main reason that I thought this match over-delivered. Because again, coming into this, I'm a big fan of Tasha Steels. I loved her team with Kiera Hogan. Uh, but again, I thought her one sort of a little bit limited in the ring and just needed to to pick up that experience. But so far in this tournament, she's looking really good. So I'm quite happy to have sort of a change of opinion on Tasha Steeles if that's the case. So then we get a Mercedes Martinez promo, uh, promo talking about facing Tasha Steeles in the finals. I didn't get much notes on it, just basically that it did in fact happen. So our finals are set. Mer Mercedes Martinez is going to take on Tasha Steeles again. I'm kind of surprised a little bit by both getting there. I'm I'm happy they're both in the finals, but it was not what I expected, and that nothing wrong with that. I don't mean I don't mind being wrong about some of my predictions, so I'm happy to see them in the finals. So former Impact Wrestling ring announcer, I don't know what else she may have done commentary at some point. So it's Christy Hemi. She comes out and basically she's there to announce that Awesome Kong will be inducted into the Impact Hall of Fame. Then we get a really brief highlight video summarizing Kong's career, uh, and Gail King Kim is sort of speaking about her throughout. So Kong comes out in street clothes to a nice reaction from everybody. She speaks about being there for the Bertha knock Knockouts division and seeing it to how it is today and feeling really proud about it. She then speaks about Daphne being a groundbreaker and a friend, and you can see that she is quite emotional about this topic. She encourages others to open doors for future generations, kind of like Daphne did as she was a groundbreaker for a lot of people uh, in women's wrestling specifically. 
So she's sort of challenging other people to do the same, break down barriers and open doors for future generations. She then sort of thanks the crowd and leaves. I thought this was a really nice segment, um, pretty much the perfect length. She spoke really well here. She was clearly, you know, uh, emotional about the honor of being in the Hall of Fame, as well as talking about her friend Daphne. So then we do get a quick video tribute to Daphne playing with specifically Taylor Wilde talking about being the first women to be in a Monsters Ball match as she and Daphne were in this same match together, the first women to do so. So again, I really like this thread of a lot of talk about Daphne um, throughout this show. Uh, made sense, and it was it was really well done. A classy move by Impact, I think. So we then do get, talking about women being in the first Monsters Ball match, we do get a Monsters Ball match here that is going to involve Kimberly, Alicia, Savannah Evans, and Jordan Grace. So kind of um, a bit of a random pairing for the people in this match, but I was just happy because at first it looked like it was going to be just Kimberly and Alicia in a match together, and that is, no offense to either of them, not something that I want to see, as neither of them really impressed me that much. So the inclusion of Evans and Grace was, I think, a good idea. I'm really a big fan of Jordan Grace. I think she's fantastic. I think she could be a major player in any women's division in any company, and they're just sort of biding their time again until they sort of unleash her again. Savannah Evans, she's relatively new to Impact. She is a powerhouse. She has a really cool look, so I was interested to see more of her in action as well. So we do get this four-woman Monsters Ball match. So right away, the powerhouses sort of pair off in the ring to start as the other two are on the outside. Um, but then shortly after that, Kimber's back. She has a pool cue, and she's hitting Savannah Evans with a pool cue pretty early in this match. Alicia then has a trash can lid. She's hitting Jordan Grace with that. I think it was on the outside of the ring. Lee then, a little bit later, puts a trash can over Evans as she's sort of sitting up on the mat and hits her repeatedly with the crowbar. So hits the trash can that's over top of Evans' head with the crowbar. Lee then gets a barbed wire chair, puts it into the ring, and eventually sets it up between the turnbuckles in the corner. And then, as happens, she gets a reverse Irish whipped into that chair herself. So now Kimberly is bloody as I Alicia sort of Irish whipped her into the barbed wire chair. Alicia goes and gets her kendo stick from under the ring, along with another kendo stick that's wrapped in barbed wire. So Lee is bleeding from her forehead, as I said, and now she's taking kendo stick shots from Alicia. Jordan Grace stacks up Evans and Alicia in the corner, hits her double running knees and the corner Vader elbow drop that she does for a two count. Then we get Kimberly with a buzzsaw kick to Jordan Grace for a two count. Kimber then gets a bag of tacks, of course, dumps them out on the mat. And Jordan Grace, Kimberly, man, full marks for her. She was up for anything in this match. So Kimberly takes a muscle buster from Jordan Grace onto the tacks. Incredible. I, I can't imagine having to do that but she was she was up for anything as I said we then get kicks and a low flatliner by Alicia to Jordan Grace also on to sort of a few of the tacks not into the main pile of them but there were still some there for sure so that's also pretty impressive Jordan Grace then drops Alyssa face first onto like um, a weightlifting plate that has made it into the rim or sorry into the ring as well and then Savannah Evans um so Jordan Grace, when she came down to the ring, I didn't mention, she brought like a bucket of um, weightlifters chalk, I guess, with her. So now Evans uses that chalk, throws it in Grace's face, and hits her with a boot. We then get a full Nelson bomb by Savannah Evans to Alicia, kind of out of nowhere, to pick up the win here in this Monsters Ball match. So everybody worked really hard in this match. Kimberly, in particular, was clearly willing to do whatever she took. Um, she went into the barbed wire chair and 
was bleeding. She got a muscle buster on to tax. So she was willing to do whatever it took here. I thought it was kind of interesting because Savannah Evans honestly seemed like she did the least in this match, but ended up picking up the win here. So I thought this was a decent match and a nice change of pace from the tournament, right? It allows the women in the tournament that are heading into the finals, at least, to sort of catch their breath. So there was definitely a point to this. Um, it's not generally my type of match. I'm not like the extreme rules or no DQ kind of guy. But I thought that this was totally fine and added a nice... Because you've got kind of like a quote-unquote legitimate tournament happening, right? Where So to throw in something where there are tacks and chairs and barbed wire and kendo sticks is kind of a nice diversion before you go back to the championship. So I didn't think there was anything wrong with this match. I would say it was a decent match and definitely a nice change of pace from the tournament. But nothing super special. But these women worked really hard, especially, again, I'll say it, I thought Kimberly was really good here. So a decent match in the middle of this tournament, I thought. We then get Tasha Steele speaking again. She puts over Savannah Evans as her heater, as Savannah did just win the Monsters Ball match that just finished. She then talks about facing Mercedes Martinez in the finals. Again, nothing specific about what she said, not great details, but I thought her delivery was really good here. Tasha is very strong on the mic and very believable in her character. So I'm really happy to see that maybe I've underestimated her in ring and that maybe she is a little bit more of the total package than I thought she was. So anyways, let's get to this championship match, or sorry, this tournament finals match, which is Tasha Steeles taking on Mercedes Martinez here. So we get kicks and a forearm by Steeles early, but a forearm and then a throw by Martinez sort of stops uh, Steeles in her tracks. We get a delayed vertical suplex by Martinez right into a series of three butterfly suplexes that look pretty good. So then uh, Steeles gets her turn with the flurries of strikes and a hurricane rana. We get an insigiri and a tornado DDT by Tasha Steeles as well. An uppercut slows Steeles. Martin Martinez hits a slam and then some mounted strikes. A cutter by Tasha after she counters the OG drop and now both women are down. Snake eyes by Mercedes Martinez after Tasha sort of takes some time to taunt her a little bit, probably ill-timed by Tasha. Um, Martinez is then in control with strikes and corner spears, spears. Sorry, We get a boot to Martinez on the top rope and a hurricane rana off the top by Tasha Steeles. And then she goes for the stratisfaction. So Tasha hits the stratisfaction for a two count. Tasha goes up top, but Martinez rolls to the apron. Martinez lands a kick and then ends up taking basically Tasha from the ropes and hitting her OG drop and picking up the win and winning the knockout knockdown tournament, which I thought, again, this was a very good match. And I am, again, even though she didn't win, really impressed with Tasha Steeles here. And again, I feel I've underestimated her in-ring ability. I don't know what it is about this tournament setting or maybe getting a bit more time or not being on TV. I don't know what it is, but I think she looked really good. I thought Martinez looked great here again, and she was basically made to look like a beast throughout this show, through from winning a squash match in the first round to just looking great in the other matches with really varied high-impact offense, looking really strong and winning the tournament. So they've created a, a legitimate threat to the title scene here out of this tournament, and I think that's a great move by them. So I thought Ellering Martinez was a better match than this. That was probably my favorite match on this show. But I think this was another very entertaining match on this show. So after starting out kind of slow with the first round matches, the pretty much everything after that has been really entertaining for me. We then get to the main event, and I'm not going to lie. By the time I had watched 
I forgot about this match. I thought the pay-per-view was over after the tournament match with Mercedes winning there. So I honestly had forgotten that this match was on the show and in fact going to main event. So that is the Knockouts Tag Team title um, championship match here, which is the influence Tennille Dashwood and Madison Rain taking on Decay, represented by Rosemary and Havoc. Sorry, coffee sip coming. And complete. So... Basically, we have Madison avoids Rosemary early on to start this, but the rest of Decay, so you've got Crazy Steve and Black Taurus there on the floor, and they sort of are scaring Madison back into the ring as she escapes to the floor for safety, but those two creepy dudes are down there, so she kind of gets right back in the ring, and that allows Rosemary to take control, and as the crowd often chants for her to do, she does actually bite Madison Rain's face and then hits a T-bone suplex out of the corner, Havoc tags in after a little bit and just throws Madison around the ring. There's a huge size and power uh, discrepancy between those two, and Havoc takes full advantage, obviously. You then get Madison Rain finally tagging out, but Tennille, being the heel that she is, she does not want to get into the ring. She's very reluctant to get in there. She finally does. Havoc tosses her around the ring by the hair a couple times. We then get D Decay double-team Tennille in their corner. Rosemary does her upside-down in the ropes. Um, Rosemary then is... A little bit later, chasing Caleb around ringside as he's trying to get involved, obviously, as he tends to do. And Rain surprises the running Rosemary with the clothesline, and that finally gives the heels control of this match for a little bit. Rosemary is then isolated in the heel corner, and the influence make quick tags and hit a neckbreaker in the ropes for a two count at one point. I think that was Tennille. Rosemary is then in the Tree of Woe after another distraction from Caleb. We get diving corner crossbody by Tennille that where her opponent's sort of seated in the corner. I think it always looks pretty good. Rosemary sort of fires up quickly here and gets out of the heel corner and finally tags out. So Havoc's back in. She dominates Madison Rain, ending with two running boots for a near fall. We get another distraction and the influence hit their new finishing move, the collab, which is basically both of them hitting a skull-crushing finale to their opponent. But unfortunately, the ref is not in position to make the count because he was, or sorry, she was sort of dealing with the distraction going on. So shortly after that, De Decay hit their combination Russian leg sweep and spear and pin Madison Rain to retain the Knockouts tag team titles. So I thought this was a pretty good tag team match. The influence are really good heels, and I think Caleb has sort of grown into his role and plays it pretty perfectly as the sort of annoying guy accompanying them and getting involved in the match constantly whenever he can. I think he does a really good job. I would say that this was a really straightforward but well-executed match, right? So you've got the baby faces dominating, the heels needing to sort of cheat to get in control, and you've got the powerhouse on the baby face team sort of dominating and throwing them around, and the heels not really wanting to face her. So it was a lot of straightforward stuff, and I don't mean that in a bad way because I think they did a good job of executing pretty much what was a straightforward plan for this match. And honestly, I like this match, so it makes me kind of wonder why some of the tag matches on Impact TV seem so bland to me. There's been a lot of sort of thrown together, I would suggest, um, knockouts tag team matches where I'm just kind of like, yeah, it was okay. You know, it was a whatever, if they give them like four or five minutes on TV and there's nothing really exciting. So this was kind of evidence to me that that doesn't have to be the case. So I thought these uh, four women put on a pretty entertaining match. I still don't think this was the uh, main event worthy match on this show particularly there were other matches I thought were were better than this but I did enjoy this match overall as well there was nothing super amazing or it didn't 
Like, I still, for me, the Ellering-Martinez match was the match of the night. I just thought that was an excellent match with lots of cool stuff happening in near falls. So this match was not at that level, but I still enjoyed the match, and I think they did a really good job. Um, so then to end this show, the big thing coming out of it is we basically get a tease that the inspiration, formerly the Iconics, right, which was Peyton something and... Uh, Billy Kay, I can't remember their names already. I'm terrible with uh, remembering things sometimes. But they will be coming to Impact Wrestling. Looks like debuting on Bound for Glory. So I think that adds to the Knockouts Tag Division. Obviously, they're, again, they're not amazing in-ring, especially Billy Kay. But their character work is awesome. And I find them really entertaining. So I think that's a welcome addition to Impact Wrestling. And we'll see how they're going to be presented. I imagine it'll be something similar to the way they were presented in WWE when people really liked them because they do work a really, really well together. They're a really fun team, especially uh, outside of the ring. So we'll see where that goes. So overall, I mean, I think you can probably tell, I thought this was a very entertaining show. I was not sorry that I sat down and watched it at all. And again, I was nervous after the first round matches as none of them were particularly strong, right? So that was, what, three or four matches or whatever where I was kind of like, eh, it's okay, but... It's not much better than what I get on an Impact show, like maybe a little bit better, but nothing nothing crazy. Then things picked up significantly, right, with a very good Perazzo-Smashevich match. That was probably my second favorite match on the show. And then following that, for me, I thought was a great Ellering-Mercedes-Martinez match, my match of the show. And then everything after that, I thought was at least good, if not better. So the final two-thirds of this show were really fun to watch. I thought Martinez came away looking great. Tasha Steele's stock has to rise after her performance tonight. It does with me personally. I will now sort of stop saying, you know, she she needs more experience in the ring. She looked pretty good, and she could only get more experience and get better from there. So I think that they sort of created a bit of a future star from this in Tasha Steele's and a current one that they can run with right now in Mercedes, Mer Mercedes Martinez. So... I think that's just really smart work by them. So really good matches in this. Some new talent that we got to see, like Smashevich looked really good, I thought. And just a cool all-woman concept, right? Like just having women involved in every aspect of this, I thought was really cool. And I think this was a really successful show. Um, I'm interested. I haven't checked out anyone else's reviews or opinions on it. Sometimes they're hard to find, especially a podcast. So that's kind of why I'm doing this here. But I had fun watching this show. That's the bottom line. Like I got through, once the opening round matches were over, this was a breeze to get through. And I just really enjoyed it. Um, and I hope they do some more shows like this. So I'm going to give this show a B plus. The only thing keeping it from being in the A range were those opening round matches, which were just kind of okay to decent. Um, but other than that, it was a very, very good show. I had a lot of fun watching it. I would recommend if you just have time, just... Sort of start from the second round, start from the Smashevich Perazzo match, and give it a chance from there. And I think I don't think you'll be disappointed. It's an entertaining evening of wrestling. I thought. Um, so yeah, I, I that's going to bring me to the end of that review. I think so. I really just wanted to come down and talk about it because I enjoyed the show, and I'm not sure how many people watch it. So maybe if they're they're sort of relying on me to talk about it before they decide if they want to watch it, I would actually recommend check out most things just maybe not the first round or quickly look at the first round and then go from there so that is going to bring me to the end of this episode of the fns wrestling podcast thanks to anyone who is sort of taking any time out of their week to listen to us myself or my son or both talk about wrestling if you would like to reach out to us it's fnswrestling at gmail.com 
or FNS underscore wrestling underscore podcast on Instagram. If you're one of the few that listens on YouTube, you can leave a comment there. I promise we'll get back to you. What did you think about this pay-per-view? What do you think about any wrestling promotion in general? Is there anything you would like us to review? Because there's some talk of stopping NXT 2.0 because it's barely watchable for my son and I. So if you have any other suggestions, I'm leaning towards NXT UK, but we'll see how it goes. But anyways... Thanks for joining me. I may be back later today to talk about Ring of Honor if I get a chance to watch. I think it's episode 525 now. So I'm hoping to find some time to watch that and maybe come back down here and talk about it a bit later today. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Otherwise, we'll definitely be back for episode 65 of our flagship show on Saturday. So you can definitely find us there. So hopefully we do see you there. And until then, take care. <laughs>